superior Toes and issues from a superior point of view I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend An unspeakable tragedy rocks two small towns And I always thought that I'd see Remembering two police officers taken before their time. Plus, her voice was one of strength and empowerment. She sits and stares in heartbreak and pain At the woman he gave a seat at their table A Twin Force music icon also leaves us too soon. He did not care He gave away what was not Welcome to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington. If we can begin on a positive note, the harsh winter in our region may finally be over, even if the warmer temperatures mean all that snow we had is melting into overflowing rivers. We'll have more about that in the News Roundup later in the show. But first, a pair of tragedies that truly tore at the heartstrings of our entire region. The deaths last Saturday of two police officers in Barron County, killed in the line of duty, and two days later, the unexpected passing of beloved Twin Ports singer-songwriter Deona Johnson at the age of 35. We begin with the incident taking the lives of 32-year-old Emily Breiderbeck of the Shatek Police Department and 23-year-old Hunter Scheel of the Cameron Police Department. The two officers were killed in a shootout after they stopped 50-year-old Glenn Douglas Perry of New Auburn in Cameron on Saturday afternoon. Perry later died at a hospital. The officers had stopped Perry to check on his welfare after police received notification of concerning behavior and because he was wanted on a warrant. He had previously faced domestic violence charges and, according to a reporter for KARE-TV in Minneapolis, once made statements about killing cops in connection with the 2020 domestic violence case. The investigation by the State Division of Criminal Investigation and the Wisconsin Department of Justice is continuing. In Barron County, however, the focus was on remembering the two young officers in a Wednesday night vigil in Cameron. Wisconsin Public Radio reporter Rich Kramer was there, among a thousand attendees. Here are excerpts from the event, beginning with Cody Cargis of the Law Enforcement Foundation of Barron County. Well, good evening. My name is Cody Cargis. I'm the president of the Law Enforcement Foundation of Barron County, but also a law enforcement chaplain. We are so glad that you are here. The evidence of your support for our community is overwhelming for the family, for loved ones, for each of the departments represented here and around the state. We thank you for all that you are doing to support the family and all that you do. We want you to know that this is hard. Saturday was one of the worst days of my life. I lost two friends. And if this is overwhelming for you, we want you to know as a community that we have help for you. Over there by those pine trees, we have counselors, chaplains, and pastors. If you want to talk to someone, please do. We are here for you. Barron County, we have experienced grief on multiple levels, haven't we? This is a different type of grief. But we know that we have each other 
and we can care for each other. So we are so glad that you are here. At this time, we're going to have a word from the chiefs. First, from Shatek. My name is Chief Ron Rosales of Shatek Police Department. I guess the first thing I want to say is, wow, thank you. Um, I agree with Cody. This is the worst time of my life. have had fellow officers in the past pass away. But this one is very personal. Emily Ann Breidenbach Scribner was my kid. All my officers are my kids. It doesn't mean because I'm old. <laughs> and they know exactly how I feel about them. They've been told several times. Emily was special in my heart. Very special. I remember the day when she walked into my office for her interview, when I got her packet, and the last last name was Breidenbach. Her father, you all don't know, is a retired police chief from Stuttgart, and her goal was to follow her father's footsteps, and she was definitely on her way. Emily was the type of officer that it didn't matter what you gave her. It was 100% or nothing at all. She proved it. On April 8th, 2023, at 3.39 p.m., I want you all to know, including the family, her and Hunter fought back. And they saved a lot of people that day. Emily, you'd be proud. Look at the bikes, girl. Her passion besides law enforcement was motorcycles. Love you, girl. And I, miss you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Chief. Now we're here from the Chief of Camp. My name is Adam Steffen. I'm the Chief of Police of Cameron. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know where to start. Um, I was going to prepare something. I think more from the heart is a little better. Um, it hasn't quite hit me yet. Um, I know there's probably a lot of you with the same same feeling. Um, where I'm just going to start out first, and I'm going to forget a ton, um, but Mosaic for putting this together in short notice for all of us to, to get here and be able to have this somewhere 
where we can all come together and have enough room. Um, thankfully, it was a wonderful day out. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Law Enforcement Foundation of Barron County has been really good with all of us, um, making sure we have what we need, um, as well as other officers who aren't maybe necessarily part of our department, but are grieving as well. Our department's small, everybody knows that. Our village is, is small. Um, not today. Um, thank you all. Um, I just, I'm gonna start out a little bit with Hunter is, um, I actually met Hunter about four years ago, a little over four years ago, he worked at Quick Trip in town here. Um, he was, maybe not necessarily annoying, but that little kid who wanted to do ride-alongs with me because being a police officer was cool. Um, little did I know, it was cool to him. It was a passion, he loved it. He came to work every day with a smile on his face. And I'm not talking about just a, hey chief, it was a, what happened today? What's going on? What, what can I go get into? Um, every day. Um, I mean, that's, that's how it was. Um, and uh, he was so happy, I was so happy. He got, uh, you know, our department is three full-time members. Um, and he had, he had just become full-time status this year. And it was great to see him a lot more. My part-timers, um, I don't see him for months at a time sometimes. Um, so it was nice to have him back with his enthusiasm. Um, Hunter loved to fish, and he loved to hunt. Obviously, everybody in Northwest Wisconsin loves to do that, um, but for us, it was our talking. It was how we talked about things. Um, right away, he'd come in about business. Before he left the office, an hour, 20 minutes, two hours later, we had talked about hunting. Or the other thing, which you will all find out um, later, but the Minnesota Wild. We have three of our six officers who love the wild. Um, the Minnesota Wild are something that Hunter and I argued about. Um, I'm, I'm a wild find as well, but he had his favorite players. I had mine. Someone's taking too many penalties. Somebody's taking too many shots. It was always hunting or the wild. Um, for a conversation any day of the week. Um, Hunter got me to actually get my skates out and put them on my feet last week. Uh, after the rain, the ice looked good on the lake, um, so I was gonna try and do that. He wanted me to play men's hockey league with him. I said, kiddo, you got me, I'll do it. Um, he just bought a boat. He had asked me, I want to put some electronics on my boat. I want to make sure everything's working well. Will you, will you help me with that? Um, I said, absolutely. Um, we'll get together and we'll do it. Um, we never got that chance. A chance that I was given was to be able to know Hunter, mentor him, bring him up and give him the ability to do something that he loved, and he loved it. I, I'm not gonna take anything away from Ron, I don't want to. Um, however, 
I do need to mention, Emily was a friend of mine as well. Um, Emily and I have ridden motorcycle together. Um, she was a, a roommate to me for almost a year when she moved up here. We also fished together and uh, always talked about duck hunting, but we never got a chance to go out because I was always not good enough to make plans and it was last notice. Um, I don't have to say anything else. You can take a look around at who's standing next to you and who you met tonight. And I guarantee you met somebody from far away or talked to somebody. But um, I guess at this time, I, I'm just going to end the conversation like I normally would. But I will agree with you, Hunter. Hartman takes too many penalties. <laughs> Emily A. Breedenbach, 32, Cameron, Wisconsin, passed away into eternal life. April 8th, 2023, while in the line of duty, while employed with the Shatek Police Department. Emily was born December 24th, 1990, in Portage, Wisconsin, to Robert L. Breidenbach and Susan M. Breidenbach Myers. After graduation from Merrill High School, in 2009, Emily attended North Central Technical College in Wausau, Wisconsin, where she graduated in 2011 with an associate's degree in criminal justice and police science. She continued her studies at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, graduating with a bachelor's degree in crisis emergency disaster management and human development in 2013. She attended Blackhawk Technical College in Janesville, Wisconsin, completing the academy in 2015. She began her career with the City of Stoughton Police Department in 2015 to 2016. In 2019, Emily accepted a police officer position with the City of Chatek Police Department, where she was employed at the time of her death. Emily was committed to making Shatek safe and fun for all who lived and visited there. For several years, she volunteered for Cops for Kids. In 2019, she received the Sunshine Award from WEAU-TV. She was elected president of the Shatek Youth Center Board in 2021 and vice president of the Fraternal Order of Police local chapter in 2022. Emily and canine officer Grizz were deeply committed to working with and supporting local youth. Most recently, Emily ran for trustee in the village of Cameron here in Wisconsin. She was engaged in March 2023 to be married to Shane Scribner. Scribner's four daughters were excited to hear this news. She touched, touched the hearts of many, not just in her community, but anywhere she went. She was a friend, a mentor, and a soft shoulder to cry on. She made a difference in the most unimaginable ways and served the community of Shatek with great pride. Hunter Timothy Scheel, age 23, of Hillsdale, Wisconsin, died Saturday, April 8th, 2023. Hunter was born June 10th, 1999 in Barron, Wisconsin to Wayne Scheel and Jessica Pierce Genota. He attended school in Prairie Farm, Wisconsin, where he excelled in track and field, 
competing at the state tournament and also breaking the school's record for the 3,200 meter dash. He graduated from Prairie Farm High School in 2017. Hunter ent entered the Army National Guard and was still currently on active duty at the rank of corporal. In 2019 through 2020, he served a tour in Afghanistan, which also brought him into Kuwait. His medals included the National Defense Service Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal with Campaign Star, and the Army Service Ribbon. Hunter fulfilled his lifelong dream by enrolling and graduating from Police Recruit Academy at Northwood Technical College in Rice Lake. Graduating in 2022. He started his career with the Cameron Police Department as a part-time officer in 2022 and went on to become a full-time officer in January 2023. Hunter was an avid fisherman and hunter and truly enjoyed the peacefulness of the outdoors. He also played in the men's hockey league in Rice Lake on Sunday nights. A treasured activity in his life was collecting sap and making maple syrup with his grandpa, Bear. He had, an old, he had an old soul and found happiness and peace in simple things. All who knew him were so fortunate and loved him dearly. We're getting close to the end of the service. However, Saturday, a public funeral service will be held this Saturday, April 15th at the Cameron High School with police chaplain Cody Cargus officiating. Visitation will begin at 9 a.m. until the time of the service at 1 p.m. A private family internment will take place at a later date in Greenwood Cemetery in Minot, Wisconsin. At this time, can I please have Emily and Hunter's family stand up and turn around and face the crowd? Can I have the crowd please raise their candles high for their families to see? To the families of Emily and Hunter, we want you to see all these lights burning and know that these are all the supports you have behind you. And to our community, we are so thankful for your support. You may all be seated. We are now going to ask for a moment of silence as we remember our fallen officers. That was the Wednesday night vigil in Cameron for the two Barron County police officers killed in the line of duty on Saturday. The speakers were Corey Cargis of the Law Enforcement Foundation of Barron County, followed by Chatech Police Chief Ron Ambrositis, Cameron Chief Adam Steffen, and readings of the fallen officers' obituaries and a call for a moment of silence in the musical selection you're hearing now. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. And Susan, the plans they made put an end to you. Walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. Coming up, the Twin Ports remember Deanna Johnson. Remember who 
to send it to Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend And I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down on me, Jesus He gotta help me Welcome back to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington. If the tragic deaths of the two Barron County police officers were not enough, the region suffered another heartbreaking loss last week with the passing of Deanna Johnson, a Twin Ports-based singer-songwriter, clinical social worker, and uncompromising activist. Though likely due to medical circumstances and not an act of violence, her death, too, came unexpectedly and far too young at age 35. After suffering a leg fracture, she had been recovering from recent surgery when she died suddenly on Monday. Diana, or DJ, or her stage name, Afrogeode, had a determination to fight for justice as strong as her voice. That ranged from hip-hop to singing soprano in a classical oratorio. She collaborated with many on the local music scene, including producer and performer Daniel Oyenlowe, and headlined the Duluth Superior Pride Fest in 2021. We talked about those engagements on the show at that time. Here's our conversation and a bit of her music from back then. Welcome to Simply Superior, DJ. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And should I be saying DJ or Afrogeode or Diana or uh, which one? Well, um, yeah, I mean, my first name is fine. Diana is definitely fine. Um, yeah, so in conversation, I'm happy with either DJ or Diana. All right, so you're multidimensional. You describe your singing and your music as ranging over a few different styles. Take us to the beginning. Yeah, so um, I mean, I've been singing since I you know, had words, <laughs> had words to say. Um, I'd like to say that music was a really big part of my life. Um, you know, throughout my childhood, my parents were really into a lot of different genres, but I just remember they really liked the song. I, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it was like, knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. <laughs> well, that actually was the name of it. And uh, I'm not sure if I want to thank you for putting that in my head. <laughs> you know, I was just so enthusiastic to jump right into like a talent show for them because I knew how much they loved the song. So I used to sing and perform that song and, you know, much to their amusement, I would grab the mop and. Um, put on these entirely big talent shows and also like direct talent shows with my siblings. And then of course that then transitioned into like getting involved in choir and theater in school and, um, you know, classically trained, um, you know, music. Um, and so, you know, that, that's kind of my background. I did choir and theater, um, as any nerdy music kid would do, um, you know, up until college, um, and had kind of some unfortunate, 
um, experiences um, in my college choir class, which kind of led me to Hmm. segue away from the more classical training um, aspect of things. Um, Yeah, just experience some racism and discrimination from my professor. Um, So moved into kind of a safer-ish space um, theater and um, really did a lot of training and voice work around like musical theater mm-hmm. um, and was in a few productions w- in my college experience. And um, college was where? UW-Stout. Mm-hmm. That was my undergrad. Um, and then I was at UW-Milwaukee for my graduate. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, just continued to sing throughout college when I kind of got a little bit more into performances, you know, performed at a few weddings. And um, I think when I moved to the Duluth community, um, you know, music was kind of the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, for one, being fresh out of grad school and worrying about the (laughs) mountains of debt that I move out to acquire. Um, But having been connected to the music scene through friends, um, learned, of course, about like homegrown and various shows, live shows, live music. So kind of got acclimated that way. And um, though I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me who were in the music scene here, I was hopeful that I could, um, you know, gain entry. And then I think through just having friends who were involved in various community organizations, right? So um, NAACP, Clayton Jackson, McGee, um, you know, and so I think my debut performance was at Rhythm and Hughes, which I think was formerly known as Jamming with MLK. And then, you know, of course, um, with exposure and, you know, opportunity comes more requests. So um, kind of moved a little bit more into more significant um, opportunities, of course. And um, yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I've done a little bit of everything, right, from, you know, singing in the production of And They Lynched Him From a Tree, well, I was going to go right there, actually, because that's my introduction to your singing. And a full disclosure, the person who put that performance together last year, uh, which was the last major performance in Duluth uh, right before the pandemic hit, is uh, my wife, Julia Chang. Yes. And <laughs> hearing your story there about classical singing and going away from that because of negative racial experiences, this one sort of brought you full circle, right? Because this was written by a black composer, and it yes. was about a terrible incident. Of course, it marked our terrible incident, too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was quite the welcome back into, um, you know, the classical genre um, of performance. I'm reminded of how much breath work and sight reading and like instruction that goes into ensuring that you have um, a really in sync choir. Um, Mm -hmm. And Julia worked so hard to ensure that. that I had all the skills that I needed to, to perform, um, quite frankly, one of the most vocally demanding pieces that I've probably ever performed in my life. Well, let's hear a little bit of that. This is Deanna Johnson, our guest, singing a portion from And They Lynched Him From a Tree 
by William Grant Still, the choral ballad performed in Duluth in March 2020, right before the pandemic hit. That was the selection of our guest, Deanna Johnson, singing the soprano role from And They Lynched Him From a Tree by William Grant Still in a performance in Duluth. Uh, and it's a rare performance, by the way, because this work is not performed that much at all as part of the 100th anniversary of the Duluth lynchings. So that is, as you just told us, perhaps your deepest offering, at least in terms of uh, difficult music and difficult subject matter, too. Yeah. What else have you been doing? The next time I saw you was in a far more cheerful Daniel Olian Loyway production. Yeah. I mean, I first want to say I was so thankful for that opportunity. I had really, you know, um, bonded with Julia in the process of that. And um, she just did an incredible job of ensuring that um, that we paid honor to um, to the work um, and that entire mm-hmm. evening. Um I'll never forget. I think from there, um, I was slated to open for 2020 Homegrown. Of course, COVID, you know, sort of (laughs) rained on pretty much, I think, all musicians. So, yeah, Homegrown didn't happen, but Daniel did request um, that I participate in the Census Bureau um, project that was going on. And I was, um, really thrilled to be a part of that project. Um, yeah. And that's how the song Let It Shine, um, was sort of born from that. Well, let's hear something of your own. Uh, we have two, uh, Unprotected Woman. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when I performed this in space with, um, you know, audience before I have, uh, talked about um, my intersectional experiences as a Black queer woman um, and how, you know, it feels um, and the experience that I have showing up in all of the relationships, you know, that I have, whether that be romantic, professional friendships. You know, it was Malcolm X who said, you know, the most disrespected woman in America is the Black woman. You know, the most unprotected woman in America is the Black woman. Um, You know, at the end, I definitely have a message for Black women, you know, which is that we're queens and that, you know, we need to rise individually and collectively, um, you know, into our power. So, All right. Well, let's hear it. Here is Unprotected Woman by our guest, Deanna Johnson, a.k.a. DJ and Afro-Geo.
And that was Unprotected Woman by our guest, Deanna Johnson, also known as DJ and Afro-Geode. So we talked a little bit about the names, but tell me what Afro-Geode is. And obviously we know what Afro is, and everybody around here should know what a geode is. And maybe we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's definitely um, a name that I was intentional about, you know, my love for um, crystals and spirituality. And I feel like um, geodes have always kind of grounded me. And of course, my, you know, identity as a black woman and um, my journey with my own hair and self-acceptance. And um, it's just really about, um, you know, just really a name that captures everything that um, that I hold dear. <laughs> All right. So we have another song, Just Be. Want to tell us about that one? Yeah. Um, so I wrote this in response to just some experiences um, that I had, you know, when I was um, in a relationship with a woman and just kind of what um, what that experience was like. And, you know, um, kind of like talk about, you know, the concept of the male gaze and um, be was able to... The male gaze? <laughs> male gaze m-a-l-e um yeah so just kind of you know um like microaggressions mm -hmm. you know that i experienced um when i was out um with this particular partner and kind of what that specifically looks like um just a desire to be free in your relationship to you know to be you know just to exist as you know any other heteronormative couple might to just be <laughs> just be exactly all right and i will add by the way that you are accompanied on it by ren cooper of one less guest one of our frequent guests and we'll let it take us out for the end of the segment but first tell us where we can find more of your music um you can definitely go to the dance and creatives um website um, at dansandcreatives.org um, you know um, and I under the creatives you're one of the creatives right <laughs> yep, I'm one of the creatives um, and then also you can follow me on Facebook and you can follow me on Instagram great uh, and the names for those are just Afro Geode alright and that is A-F-R-O-G-E-O-D-E Afro Geode and Dance Dance Creators is again D A N S A N Creatives.org. Afro Geode, DJ Deanna Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was our conversation from 2021 with Twin Ports singer-songwriter Deanna Johnson. She died last week at age 35. Coming up, the regional news and review. Naughty thoughts all through my mind, I cannot stop the lust and to be on that peacock forever they be strutting. They grab on they junk as if they entitled to something. Like they got the secret to the they really frightened. I just bide my time because it's me she's really wanting.
Welcome back to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington, and we're joined by Rick Lubbers of the Duluth News Tribune. Hello, Rick. Hi, Robin. So, Rick, we've had some beautiful days this week, and all that snow is finally going away, but at a cost. Is your basement <laughs> fortified against flooding? <laughs> uh, so far it is, but uh, for lots of folks, there are fears uh, about flooding. Um, as you said, uh, the warm temperatures this week have melted a bunch of the record deep snowpack that we have uh, and unfortunately a lot of that water is overwhelming natural and human-made systems across the northland this week um, it's filling creeks rivers and ditches and spilling around culverts over roads into basements and even into sanitary sewage systems worse yet uh, up to an inch of rain is forecast for friday night into saturday uh, with some snow to follow adding more water into the mix and leading officials to say widespread Flooding is possible. Uh, the St. Louis County Sheriff's Office, the National Weather Service, the, the Duluth Fire Department, and other officials held a joint uh, briefing Wednesday to warn residents of the potential flooding dangers. Uh, inmates at both the Duluth Federal Prison and Northeast Regional Corrections Facility were busy Wednesday filling sandbags to be ready uh, in case they're needed by county crews or the public. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Douglas County has declared a state of emergency in response to rapidly rising waters as a result of that snow melting in higher than average temperatures. Uh, the spring snow melt has caused sewer systems in Superior to work at capacity. Highway 13 in the Port Wing area on the South Shore was also closed due to washouts. Uh, meanwhile, the St. Louis River at Scanlon is expected to reach flood stage by Saturday with minor flooding occurring in that area. Uh, the Mississippi River near Aiken could cause um, flooding issues over the weekend as well. But large amounts of debris, including trees down in the December ice and snowstorms, could end up clogging creeks, ditches, and culverts. Uh, Duluth officially had 30 inches of snow on the ground as of April 1st, one of only four times in recorded history that that much snow has hung on into April in our area. Uh, before the melt started, meteorologists said the snowpack was holding the equivalent of four to ten inches of rain across the Northland, with a foot or more along the north and south shores. All right. Well, a little higher off the ground, the second floor of the recently constructed Lincoln Park Flats apartment building that was built partially with the city subsidy is being converted into a boutique hotel, which has raised the ire of affordable housing advocates. But the Duluth City Council and the developer are pointing fingers at each other about who knew about the plans and when. Yes, uh, and in reaction to all that, Duluth City Councilors passed a resolution Monday night that would require all future development agreements for residential projects involving public assistance to contain language clearly defining what uses of the property will be considered permissible and also detailing specifically how long those covenants will remain in effect. 
the resolution was inspired by Consular's frustration over recent news that the owner of Lincoln Park Flats intends to convert one floor of the publicly subsidized apartment building into a boutique hotel. Uh, the owner, PNR Companies, notified tenants living on the second floor of the four-floor building that their year-long leases will not be renewed as the company intends to use that level to accommodate a new hotel operation. Uh, company representatives say current residents of the affected floor have been offered an opportunity to relocate to other units elsewhere in the building. Uh, in a letter to the council, Ryan Nelson, a principal partner at PNR, explained that the increased pandemic construction costs and soaring interest rates on short-term construction loans have left the company with no choice than to go this route. Uh, the conversion will result in the loss of 24 rental housing units, leaving the year-old building with just 50 of its original 74 apartment units. But PNR representatives pointed out that the company will hold to its commitment as 23 of those apartments will be offered at reduced rents that qualify as affordable for qualified tenants, namely people earning no more than 80% of the area media income. The council approved $2.35 million in tax increment financing to support the construction of Lincoln Park Flats with what was thought to be a clear understanding of what it could expect to receive in return. City staff continue to meet with PNR representatives in hopes of finding an alternative solution. Monday's resolution regarding the future development agreements for residential properties passed 8-0. All right. Well, finally, last summer, the citizens of Two Harbors recalled Mayor Chris Swanson in a historic vote, and this week they held an election for his successor. How did it go? Yes, by a margin of just 27 votes, uh, Lou Connor has been elected the new mayor of Two Harbors after winning a special election Tuesday evening. According to unofficial results, Connor received 345 votes, Robin Glazier received 318 and there were five write-ins received as well for a total of 668 votes cast. Uh, despite the votes being close between the candidates, they are not within limits requiring a recount according to Minnesota state statutes. The election uh, was held months after Two Harbors residents voted to recall Chris Swanson as mayor in August 2022 amid controversy regarding his underwater hotel and cryptocurrency pursuits, as well as other potential conflicts of interest and ethical concerns. Four candidates entered the race for the mayor's seat uh, this past fall, and after a special primary election on February 14, that left Connor versus Glazier for the office. Uh, Lou Connor is a retired educator in higher education, current president of the North Shore Rotary, and a board member at North Shore Horizons. Connor said he's been attending council meetings for the past year and a half, so he's fairly well-versed with the city's issues and functions. Glazier is a previous two-term mayor, long-serving city councilor, and current Two Harbors City Council Vice President. Her current term on the council will last as long as the mayoral term. Well, we've been joined by Rick Lubbers, executive editor of the Duluth News Tribune. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Robin. You can stay updated on these stories and all the regional news anytime at WPR.org and DuluthNewsTribune.com. And that's it for this edition of Simply Superior. We leave you with more the music of DJ Deanna Johnson doing her rendition of Demi Lovato's Anyone. I'm Robin Washington. Stay safe, everyone. I tried to talk to my piano. I tried to talk to my guitar. Talk to my imagination. Confided into alcohol. I tried and tried and tried some more Told secrets till my voice was sore Cause no one hears me anymore
A hundred million stories and a hundred million songs I feel stupid when I sing Nobody's listening to me Nobody's listening I talk to shooting stars but they always get it wrong I feel stupid when I pray Why am I praying anyway? If nobody's listening Anyone, please send me anyone Lord, is there anyone? I need someone Oh, anyone Please send me anyone Lord, is there anyone? I I used to crave the world's attention. I think I cried too many times. I just need some more affection. Anything to get me by. A hundred million stories and a hundred million songs. I feel stupid when I sing. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's listening. I talk to shooting stars, but they always get it wrong. I feel stupid when I pray. Why am I praying anyway? If nobody's listening, anyone, please send me anyone. Lord, is there anyone? I need someone. Oh, anyone. A hundred million stories and a hundred million songs I feel stupid when I sing Nobody's listening to me Nobody's listening